Another edition of the NFL show on the ASI podcast. I am your host, Dara Marr, joined as always by Fionn Malloy and Dara Lyons. Lads, how are you? Hot butter. Excellent. We have a, another packed show this week. Obviously, talking about some of the biggest games from this past weekend in the NFL. We're also going to look forward to this coming week, week 11 of the NFL season, with our locks and our surprises of the week lads it's a third week in a row that i've won these predictions you know it's getting awful lonely here at the top i need somebody to start uh, stepping up so they can uh have a shot at the king yeah we haven't been able to compete so far but i guess that's why you're sat in the proverbial middle seat and we're the two lads on the outside so uh i guess we picked the right man to steer this thing main pundit <laughs> well here look I should be. I shouldn't be doing so well. Like I play on the defensive line. I only see what's in front of me. If you're you playing the backfield, you should be seeing everything that's going on in the field. Like you should be seeing everything well, that's going on. I see everything going on from the bench. I see both sides of the ball. So well, then, I, I, I should be on top. Well then, Darry, you definitely have yeah, no excuse at all for not getting it right. Now I could understand your blind, you know, loyalty to the Eagles. That's why you went for them last week. But some sure, of those um, other picks, you're gonna not. love my pick for the Eagles game this week. Then, <laughs> <laughs> just like you're gonna love my pick for the yeah. later as well. Uh, but we'll get into picks in the second half of the show. Let's get straight into the reviews, and we're going to actually talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers forty-six. The Carolina Panthers 23. This is an interesting one because you guys actually both had a lock and a surprise in this week as well. Because Fionn, you locked this up. Dara, you had this as a surprise for the Panthers, but it was the books at the end. So uh, Fionn, we'll let you start on this one, seeing as you got your prediction. Roy, what did you think of the game? Yeah, it it was an interesting game. First half, I think Dara probably was feeling pretty happy with himself. The, the Panthers managed to hang around 17-17 at the halftime. But uh, the Buccaneers really just put the foot down at the at the second half and, and carried away with Tom Brady, 341 yards, three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Jones, 192 yards and another rushing touchdown. If you look at the, the receiving stats for the Buccaneers, it's a, it's a who's who of catching the football. Godwin, 92 yards. Evans, 77 yards. Antonio Brown led the team with seven receptions. He added another 69 yards onto that. Uh, and then you have Cameron Bright got a touchdown and Rob Gronkowski got a touchdown. So uh, they definitely have proven us right, all the pundits everywhere, right in saying that they just have too many weapons to be bad now. Um, I think they would be a little bit worried about how the Panthers stayed in it in the first half with the defense. But... Uh, when you generate that much offense, I don't think you're going to be that worried for too long. Yeah, I have to agree with Fionn here. Um, as you said, 
Freddie equal at the half as looking as very happy with myself. Thought I just came out with the surprise of the year. But um no, the, the Buccaneers uh, offense really took off in that second half. Uh, Ronald Jones as well, 8.3 average yards per carry, which is amazing. And if you look at the Panthers D, it's just there's nothing special, nothing to write home about. Um, especially given their defensive focus this year, that's just disappointing to allow that much of an offense up. Like and their or def- uh, yeah, their offense as well wasn't brilliant. You had Teddy Bridgewater, uh, 18-24, 136, two touchdowns and one pick. Uh, again, nothing to write home about. Pretty lackluster. Uh, their rush, Mike Davis, seven attempts, 32 yards. They just couldn't get it going, couldn't stop the books on the ground uh, or in the air. Uh, there's just, but there's only so much you can do against that amount of talent on a roster. Uh, but as I said, you should be a bit disappointed with the amount of emphasis they were putting on defense. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. And I think like the Panthers tried their best to stay in this shootout with, with the books um, because I think they knew from early on that their defense weren't going to stop anyone. Uh, on that day um, but I think like the, the, the big turning point was in actually the third quarter uh, and that was uh, it, it happened with obviously Ronald Jones uh, was a 96 yard run for that he took straight yeah. to the house um, that uh, made it 26-17 uh, but the uh, plays then after that the offensive uh, plays from Panthers after that where Teddy Bridgewater threw his interception I think that's sort of what killed the game because then uh, the books sort of pulled away where they they did only get three points after that but they still had that cushion that they could then uh, press, uh, push home with that to get the win and um, obviously the Panthers don't have anywhere near the sort of weapons that the books have and especially when you're down a, a big Christian McCaffrey style player Christian McCaffrey himself, not even star. Christian McCaffrey himself was missing, so he. Um, it's always going to be a big miss when you're missing you your best player. But uh, yeah, a comfortable win in the end for the Bucks, and they march on to uh, continue uh, going for their playoffs. But we'll move on to um, the classic in the desert. Uh, the uh, Buffalo Bills traveled to Arizona and were beaten thirty two to thirty. Uh, we all picked the Bills in this game, and obviously um, DeAndre Hopkins was listening to our podcast because <laughs> everyone listens to our podcast, and why shouldn't he? And he just obviously thought, there's no way I'm letting these guys get all their predictions right because a last-second catch, unbelievable catch with three men around him and a fourth running across his eye line. He still gets the Hail Mary from uh, Kyler Murray. 30 seconds before that, Josh Allen thought he'd won the game after a fantastic throw to Stefan Diggs in the end zone to give the Bills a, a 30 to 23 lead, I believe it was at the time. They thought they had the game won, but no. It was DeAndre Hopkins and the, and the Cardinals to go marching on to 6 and 3 and talk of the NFC West. Uh, Darrell, what did you think of this game? Well, first off, uh, if you're a football fan, you should be very excited because you've got two young quarterbacks. You've got the future of the NFL here producing explosive, high-octane games like that. Yeah, Josh Allen, 32 of 49, uh, 284 yards, uh, two touchdowns, but two interceptions. Um, for 32 passes and 49 attempts, you'd expect a bit more than 284 yards. 
And the rush wasn't really there as well. Uh, Josh Allen also led the rush game with uh, seven attempts, 38 yards, and 73 uh, rush yards total. Um, I think it just came down to obviously that catch by DeAndre Hopkins, but the uh, Cardinals also had a way more explosive uh, offense with the pass looking almost uh, very similar. You had Kyler Murray going for 22 of 32, uh, 245 yards, one touchdown and one int. But you had Kenyon Drake, 16 attempts, 100 rushing yards, and Kyler Murray with 11 attempts, 61 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. That seems to be the real difference in the Bills game so far. If the other team is able to beat them on the ground, it just the other team comes out on top. And DeAndre Hopkins had a brilliant day as well. Besides that, amazing catch. He had seven, uh, tar- or seven catches, 127 yards, and one touchdown. That one touchdown being uh, at the end there. And this is the sixth time uh, the Bills have allowed 25 points. Uh, and last season, that only happened once. Yeah, I think I agree with everything Dara said there. I think Arizona really laid out the blueprint of how you beat this Bills team. And that is get the ball moving on the ground. Over 200 yards, Drake accounted for half of those. They really couldn't be stopped. Uh, and it's a big worry for the Bills that their star back or their leading back at the start of the season, Singletary managed just about 15 yards in this game. And for an offense that relies on the play action quite a bit, that's worrying. I think up to now they've lived on the threat of Singletary. And I think now teams are going to start looking and say, okay, well, let's see if he actually can run the ball the way they threaten that he can. And I think we're going to see a lot of teams pack the airspace and force the Bills to try and run on them and see if they can stop them that way. Uh, so it might be a rocky couple of games for the Bills coming up. DeAndre Hopkins will be very pleased. He fancies himself one of the top receivers in the league. Doesn't always get the respect that he deserves. Uh, he had a massive game. I, I'm going to blame the defense on that catch. I don't know how you have three men around the ball and don't come up with the ball, but he did catch it. I don't know if I'd rely on a Hail Mary every game to win the game. Those can be up and down, but he had the receiving yards this game to back it up. Uh, he doesn't always, though, and that's the one thing that I think stops him from being in that conversation of being really, really elite. He struggled with a, a quarterback early in his career and now just doesn't have that really consistent 100-yard game streak that's going to put him over the top and into the conversation with some of those really top wide receivers. Yeah, uh, I agree with you guys, too. Just uh, a few points that I want to make as well. It's just... Um, Obviously, uh, Josh Allen had his uh, two interceptions and they were sort of really, really poor interceptions, especially that one in the third quarter that Arizona used to um, capitalize up the field and obviously take the lead because they were 23-9 down at one point in this game too. And I think a big story of the game that I, I haven't seen covered is the, the way teams have been capitalizing in turnovers because... Uh, Arizona used it to score on, on Sunday, where, whereas the Bills didn't use their um, opportunities that they got from uh, Arizona turnovers to score. So I think that's that's one big swing for this game that could have could have gone anywhere between two good sides as well. So uh, if they if this is a, a future Super Bowl matchup, uh, I definitely would not be disappointed to see it again. Uh, we'll move on to Sunday night football, probably the most surprising scoreline of the whole weekend. The Baltimore Ravens travelled to wet and windy uh, Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots, and they lost by 23 points to 17. 
just a few headlines from this game. Lamar Jackson, two four nine yards, two touchdowns, one interception, including 55 yards rushing. Uh, Cam Newton, 118 yards, one touchdown, 21 yards rushing, and a rushing touchdown, which, if you listened last week, adds to my hot take where he's going to finish with more rushing touchdowns than Ezekiel Elliott. So just add another one to the list. Uh, also, uh, thing about, um, Jacoby Myers uh, with a touchdown pass to Rex Burkhead as well. Um, well, Fionn, what did you think of this game? Yeah, well, your prediction of Cam Newton running in touchdowns is looking good, but also my prediction of the Patriots using Myers to throw touchdown passes is looking good, that he may not end the season as the quarterback. But uh, yeah, I think it's a fairly typical game when we see weather conditions like this. Lamar Jackson actually pretty impressive, 24 of 34 in those, in those conditions. Not a bad game. Usually it's very heavy on the rush. That was shown by the Patriots. Uh, Harris managed 121 yards as their top rusher, and they outrushed uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So that's always going to help in these conditions. Poor start to the game, poor end to the game. The Patriots managed to get ahead and just put the foot down just far enough so the Ravens couldn't catch them. Uh, but a, a super win for the New England Patriots. I don't think many people had them winning that. Uh, Baltimore, though, wouldn't be too worried. Again, these weather conditions really throw the cat in amongst the pigeons. So I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be too upset. Yeah, um, I think it's a very smart game plan by uh, New England, if you look at it. Uh, if you go back to uh, the Baltimore's game, uh, Baltimore's game against the Steelers, they had that very aggressive uh, pass defense. So what did the uh, Patriots do here? They ran it. They, As, as Fionn said, Damian Harris with uh, 22 attempts, 121 yards and 5.5 average. And Cam Newton, 13 of 17, 118, one touchdown. You can see they're very, they're leaning on that rush uh, offense. And then they outrushed them as well. Lamar led the Baltimore rush with uh, 11 attempts or 55 yards. And you've covered pretty much everything. Uh, tough weather conditions. So as a Baltimore fan, I wouldn't be too worried. Uh, no massive holes in the team. No big mistakes. Apart from one, uh, Jackson was sacked 23 times this season. We're just over the halfway point of this season. He's been sacked 23 times. To put that into perspective, the total amount of times he was sacked last season was also 23. So if he's sacked 23 times just over the halfway point, what's that final number going to be? And should you be worried about Jackson's, like long-term long-term physical health let's say i wouldn't say worried about jackson's long-term physical health i'd be saying more worried about how uh, defenses are figuring out the offensive scheme and and ways to sort of catch jackson out and i think a lot of games that the ravens have been well not a lot of games but a few games a few more games than they have been last season for sure is that the Ravens have been behind, which has made Lamar have to throw the ball. So he's had the ball in his hands stationary for much longer, which means there is obviously a greater chance you're going to get sacked more. That's another thing, actually. Uh, We saw a headline with the NFL that Lamar said that uh, teams are calling the plays, or defences are calling their plays at the line. Do you think they're going to switch up that offence with Lamar? I don't think so. I think... They're doing the right thing. They're making this young guy read the defense, which we know rookies struggle with in the NFL, calling your players right at the last second. Uh, I agree with Dara. I wouldn't be too worried about his injuries. Sacks are something quarterbacks are designed to deal with. It's not a, They're not the massive players. If you were worried about Lamar Jackson, you're going to be much more worried about players out in the open field. But he's already shown in his two years so far that he's more than able to manage those and he, he avoids those big hits pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and just uh, just for anyone that forgot as well, 
uh, Bill Belichick is a genius when it comes to uh, coming up with defensive schemes against good good uh, players. So let's not uh, let's not forget how good Bill Belichick is just yet, despite the Patriots not obviously having a, a great season so far. Uh, we'll move on to uh, we'll move on to Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay Packers twenty four, the Jacksonville Jaguars twenty. Uh, a few lines from this as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, three hundred twenty-five yards, two interceptions, uh, or two touchdowns, I should say, and the one interception. Jake Luton, one hundred sixty-nine yards, one uh, touchdown, and one interception as well. The the main thing I saw looking back at this game was turnovers kept the Jaguars in this. Um, obviously, they had the uh, kick. The kickoff return or the punt return, sorry, for a touchdown with Keenan Cole. And there was a lot of touchdown. There was a few turnovers early in the game that gave them good field position that they could um, obviously keep the scoreboard ticking over. But it's also an example of when we're getting into this stage of the season where these low win sides, no wins, one win, two win, that know that they aren't making the playoffs, they have nothing to play for. So they are dangerous to play against because they're just going to go for everything, whether it's fourth and 10 in your own 20 or like these aggressive defensive schemes, the teams are going to go for it because look, they're not going to be playing in the, uh, in the off season. So he might as well make the most of their last few games while they have it. Uh, and then one other point from this, just showing with, with Rogers as well, especially in the second half and dealing with those wind conditions and how poorly the side played as well. You're still able to drag them to a win, which I think is, Helping his case, especially for uh, becoming MVP this year too. But I'll throw this to uh, you, Fionn. What did you think of uh, Packers and Jags? Well, I'm very disappointed. I didn't hear that the Jags were letting fans play quarterback. And I would have loved to have <laughs> a shot. But like, really, it showed 18 of 35. That's really, really bad. 169 yards. I know you said the weather conditions weren't great. Uh, Robinson kept them in it on the ground 109 yards, that's a pretty good day for him uh, and Shark had a nice receiving day as well, led the team with four receptions, 56 yards uh, I'd be worried for Jacksonville Jaguars I mean, you always have to be, they haven't been good at all this season, that's not a hot take, but Valdez Scantling wouldn't be the world's best wide receiver blew the top off them several times uh, and that really cost them and then of course uh, Devante Adams reminded us why he also considered himself one of the top wide receivers in the game. Lovely little fake move, pretended like he was disinterested and then broke out. You have to blame the, the cornerback for that. you got to play every play, but look, he got them. He gave them the score to put them in the lead uh, and they managed to scrape through. A little bit worried that Green Bay are starting to make a bit of a habit of these games being a lot stickier than they should be. Uh, and just through little niggly problems like fumbles at the wrong time, interceptions at the wrong time, giving up scores that just let these teams stick in and around them. But uh, I don't think Luton is going to be a star in the NFL. I'm going to say that now. Well, I mean, future Hall of Famer Jake Luton didn't keep them in the game at all. Uh, as Fionn said, 1835, 169, one touch and one end. Uh, it's the Jags. I mean, I wouldn't be expecting a star-studded offense. Like, it was very slow. Uh, the turnovers, they just barely keep them in the game. And as Fionn said, Valdez Scantling um, tearing them apart, especially with his strange strategy of throwing the referee as a body blocker at the uh, defenders. If you haven't seen that clip, highly recommend watching it. It's brilliant. 
Um, but Aaron Rodgers having another Aaron Rodgers day, uh, 24, 34, uh, 325 yards. But um, I don't think as the Jags, I wouldn't, or as a Jags fan, I wouldn't be too disappointed. Or, I mean, I'd be disappointed in general over the season, but, like, it's the Packers, so I wouldn't expect they win it in the first place. It is. It was a close scoreline, though, so I'd be a bit worried if, as a Packers fan, if these games keep coming up where you're getting these close scorelines against teams that you should just steamroll over. Um, other than that, yeah, that, I think that's it. Just, as a Packers fan, just be a bit more uh, probably cautious. Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree with you guys. Um it's 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 tough as well with like I said with these teams they, when they have nothing to lose so you might as well just go for it. Um, could you just imagine though? Because just just thinking while I was looking back at this game uh, and the Jaguars team and obviously what what it's become, but the players that they've let go over the last few years and the team that they could have had. Obviously they had their chance. They were like one game away from the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with Blake Bortles as their quarterback. But the, obviously with the likes of AJ Boye, you got uh you got uh you got uh Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Uh obviously Miles Jack is still there, but you also had uh um, is gone. And Gokway, Calais Campbell, you had Leonard Fournette. You know, there was some really, really good players have left that team that could have made it a definite contender in the AFC if they stuck together. But obviously, they're not anymore. So it's kind of, uh, for Jaguars fans, it's, a, it's definitely a scenario of what if. We'll move on to our final game we're going to look at, and that is uh, the San Francisco 49ers travel to the New Orleans Saints uh, and were beaten by 27 points to 13. But the big story coming out of this wasn't the actual result. It was the injury to Saints quarterback Drew Brees who has confirmed that he has uh, two, I think, cracked ribs and a punctured lung. Strangely enough, they're thinking he's only going to be out for two weeks for that. If that was me, I'd be out for Very six months if I got yeah. that. <laughs> a cracked ribs and a, and a uh, punctured lung and he's only going to be out for two weeks. But what, what do you guys think? Do you think this is going to hurt their playoff chances? Um, maybe not so much getting to the playoffs because I think that they still have a fairly routine route to it. But if he is out going into the playoffs, if he continues to be out, and who do you think is actually going to replace him in a quarterback? I'll let Dara go first with this. Well, obviously, it's it's a huge injury. Um, there, if you look at their games, they've been winning their offense. Uh, it's mainly been their pass, uh, their pass offense. But like it's this week actually as well, their rush uh, game. Uh, Latavius Murray, nine attempts, 57 yards. And then Alvin Kamara, 15, uh, I think it was 15 yards or, uh, for two touchdowns and 114 total. It's not brilliant. It's not what you want, especially if you're, like, your star quarterback is going out and um, Jameis Winston stepping in as well. I don't think he obviously won't be able to hold up to the level of Drew Brees. I think he'll just be standing in there. I'll, I'm going to see, I'm going to, I think we should see a very, they're going to lean very heavily on the rush, try to get a bit more use out of Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. But um, I'd say if you look at their schedule, some of the games that they will, that, that wear definite wins, I'd maybe consider switching them over to the game is on the line or it, it might be a loss at this point because that Jerbreeze is obviously a massive part of that pass offense besides their uh, wide receivers. Yeah, I'm going to disagree actually with Dara here because 
I feel like Kamara is going to be the saviour. Okay, he didn't have a great game on the ground, but his versatility, three touchdowns total in that game, seven of eight on receiving, caught seven of his eight targets, 83 yards, 15 on the ground. And it's that dual threat of in the air and on the ground that really makes him dangerous. And I don't think they're going to have that much of a drop-off. Winston came in, threw 10 passes, completed six for 63 yards. He managed to connect with Kamara, so he showed he can make the one throw that they really need him to make. There's enough uh, dynamic threats in there also with Hill and other players around them, especially if they can get Michael Thomas back. God knows what's happening with him this season. But, yeah, I really remember we were talking at the start of this season saying Breeze is terrible. Where's he gone? He can't throw the ball. He can't do anything with it. So I don't think – I think for the second year in a row – the Saints are going to be okay with their backup quarterback taking a lot of game reps. Okay, okay. Because, yeah, like you mentioned, Teddy Bridgewater came in last year and he won all four games that he played in. And now it's going to be either Jameis Winston or, or Taysom Hill. And uh, Taysom Hill's been in for a few plays this year. Um, I was sort of rotation or some sort of wildcat formations with, with him and sort of running the ball. So we could see an interesting turn there from Sean Payton where he actually sort of becomes sort of Ravens like for the next few weeks uh, and just goes with, with Taysom Hill. I think uh, Chris Collinsworth will definitely be happy about that because he is fascinated with Taysom Hill as a man because <laughs> <laughs> he just he just loves him. He's Taysom Hill. <laughs> Get them on every Sunday night football game now for the next four weeks while he's playing in a quarterback. But guys, that's great. With that is it for our reviews. And we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to look at week 11 and uh, give our predictions. Here's Watson now. Blockers in front. Inside the 10. Lowers the shoulder and in. Henry. Henry takes it to the outside. On the stiff arm. Twice on Thomas. And he's out of bounds. First down run. For Derrick Henry. Jackson. End zone. Touchdown. Seth Roberts climbs the imaginary ladder. And you're welcome back to the second part of the NFL show here on the ASI podcast. Uh, of course, with Dara Mark, Phil Malloy, and Dara Lyons. Before we get into our week. 11 predictions don't forget you can follow us on facebook on facebook.com forward slash asi podcast we're on instagram at, at asi underscore pod and you can also go to instagram at asi podcast where you'll have a uh, you can give us a follow there too uh, don't forget you can also look at our previous shows in our previous weeks uh, on the asi podcast page where all of our shows are there, so have a listen to some stuff where we talk uh, basketball and a bit of baseball sometimes as well, not just football. But we'll get into week 11, and we're going to start with the Thursday night football. The Arizona Cardinals are going to CenturyLink Field to take on the Seattle Seahawks, both sides at 6-3, and three, fighting for a command of the NFC West. Uh, Derek, I'm going to let you go first with your prediction on this one. Well, apologies there. I'm going to go, I'm going to lock, lock the cards in to win this game. Uh, the Seahawks, they still have that weak secondary and you've got a strong passing game from the Cardinals, especially with DeAndre Hopkins and um, Kyler Murray. He showed that that connection is there, especially with the game they had last week. Uh, 
I think they can get it done, especially with uh, Kenyon Drake as well on the ground. Very strong rusher. So, yeah, locking in the cards to win. And I am going to go against you here, Dara. I'm going to take the Seahawks. I think they have enough returning stars. A couple more weeks together. Their defense should be improving bit by bit. Uh, they haven't really struggled against the run so much this year, so I think they'll be able to bottle up Drake a little bit, and we'll see if uh, if they can get it done in the air. But I'm going to bet that they can't, and I'm going to take the Seahawks. Okay. Uh, on a totally unrelated note, um, after this week, it's already going to be a two-man show with Dara and Fionn. Um, nothing against you, Dara, for locking up the uh, Cardinals. It's not because okay. of that. Just that's fair me. enough. I mean, yeah, that's grand. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, I am going to go with the Seahawks uh, this week to win. I think the one of the big things that uh, the Seahawks have struggled in the last few weeks is they're missing their top two running backs. And uh, Carlos Hyde is definitely going to be playing on Thursday. There's a chance Chris Carson could play. Uh, he's questionable to play at the moment. If you get them back, you get your running game back, which means you can use the play-action pass a lot more, which uh, Russell Wilson is deadly at using. So it gives him more time to pick out a pass as well. Uh, the big issue with Arizona as well is their defensive line is down to tatters. They have, they're missing all their starters at the moment, which means that they might struggle to get a little bit of pressure on that defensive line, which also helps... The, the run game as well. Also, a little stat here: uh, Russell Wilson has never lost three games in a row as a Seahawks uh, as a Seahawk, and I don't expect that to happen. Uh, a big key in this is not just the secondary; secondary, it's the fact that uh, Jamal Adams is going to play in this game. He didn't play in the game in Arizona, which I think um, obviously helped. So you have you'll have Bobby Wagner, and you'll have. Jamal Adams there, I'm sure, spying on on uh, Kyler Murray for those QB keeps. I wouldn't be surprised if one stays on one side of the line, the other one stays on the other to see which way he goes. So just keep an eye on that. But like I said, I'm going to go with the Seahawks to win this game. Moving on to Sunday's games, and we're going to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Jacksonville to take on the one and eight Jaguars. Uh, Fionn, I'll let you uh, make your first pick on this one. Yeah, I'm going to lock the Steelers. 9-0 and against 1-8. and We said the Steelers were going to make it to 10-0. and I'm going to stick with that, and I'm going to take the Steelers as my lock this week to beat the Jaguars. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer here, really. Uh, I have the Steelers to win, but then again, you know, you have a Hall of Famer, Jake Luton, might pull out another one out of the bag, keep them in the game. Uh, but, no, nah, joke side, it's it has to be a Steelers win here. If you look at both teams, 9-0 against 1-8, yeah, no-brainer, Steelers to win. Yeah, I'm going to agree. It's going to be the first clean sweep this week, I think, where we all pick the same team. I'm going to go with the Steelers. The Steelers played quite well last night against a potentially tricky opponent in the Bengals because they had come into a bit of form recently, like I mentioned in our Packers review game uh, with the Jaguars, that they, uh, this is the sort of awkward sort of games that the Steelers could encounter or that the, any team could encounter by playing the Jaguars. But I think the Steelers' defense especially is going to chew up Jake Luton uh, and uh, toss him back into the stands and maybe get another fan to play quarterback next week <laughs> instead. Um, under center. We, you never know. He might actually be able to throw a better spiral. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are traveling to the Baltimore Ravens to uh, two sides who are both six and three. Uh, both sides coming off very surprising losses as well. 
I'm going to go first on this one, and I'm actually going to pick the the Ravens to win this game. I think in the last month, especially, the Titans' defense has been a little bit suspect and is flattered to deceive. And I think that um, this can be a get-right game for the Ravens. Um, I think especially with the Ravens' defense is nowhere near as bad as the Titans' one has been. And uh, I would expect the uh, Ravens to come out the other side of this and go 7-3. and three. Uh, Dara, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to pick the Ravens for this one as well. Um... As you said, the Titans, they have been uh, on a bit of a downward curve. Their defense hasn't been uh, up to spec. Uh, I think the Ravens' only real challenge might be Derrick Henry, but you have uh, the likes of Calais Campbell on that uh, front. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sweating it uh, per se, but I think it could be a close game. But uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens just to edge it out. Well, I've learned my lesson, and I'm just going to copy Darrow whenever he picks first, and I'm going to take the Ravens. <laughs> uh, no, but I think... I think this game is going to come down to the weather. It's in Baltimore. If we get a nice rain-free game, I fancy the Ravens to win it. But as we know, on the ground, in the rain, that's where the strength is. And the Titans definitely have, for this season at least, a better running back. But I think I'm going to hope for a, for a dry game at, at the very least. And I'm going to take the Ravens to beat the Titans. Okay, perfect. Uh, let's move on to the Detroit Lions traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Uh, I'm going to go first on this one as well because I'm going to pick the Panthers as my surprise of the week to win this game. Uh, Stafford has a thumb injury at the moment, which means that if there's a chance that he's not going to play. It's a big miss if he does uh, miss out. And the Lions just love giving up leads. They just love it. And I think that um, the Panthers will be able to hold on to a lead or at least be able to win a game uh, a lot better, obviously, than Washington did last week. I'm sorry, Fionn. I just had to get, get one barb in there. Just, just one uh, this week. So I'm going to go with the Panthers as my surprise pick of the week. Uh, Dara, what do you think? Well, I'm going to go against you there. I'm going to say the Lions. Um... Panthers, uh, you know, I was high in the Panthers last week. Clearly, didn't work out, but uh, I just I think the Lions have it to win. Um, the Panthers' defense, as I've said before, it's just disappointing. It hasn't uh, been proper as you'd expect. Uh, just the overall, I think the Lions are playing better this season. So uh, just based on that, I'm going to say the Lions to win. Yeah, I am going to continue to force a draw with Dara this week, and I'm going to take the Panthers as well. Uh, Bridgewater did get a little bit banged up in the last game, but apparently he's cleared to train today and should be playing in the game uh, again. Uh, Stafford's injury didn't slow him down too badly in that final drive against the Washington Redskins or the Washington football team. But uh, look, luckily for them, I think Chase Young showed how immature he is still in the NFL. Gave up that cheap penalty and that put them within within the sixty yard field goal limit. So. Fair play to the Lions, but I think I like the Panthers in this game. I'm going to stick with the Panthers. Okay. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Uh, quite contrasting uh, fortunes this year for both sides, and I think you would have expected their records to be opposite, maybe. You would have expected the Eagles to be 6-3 and three and the Browns to be 3-5-1. and one. Well, Fionn, uh, who have you got this week? I'm going to take the Browns in this one. The Eagles have been struggling and seem to get worse week on week. The Browns have got Chubb back. He looked really good in the game last week. 
So I think not only is Chubb going to have a big game, Mayfield's going to have a big game off that. Expect big yards from the Browns, and they're going to beat the Eagles. I'm going to begrudgingly say the Eagles. Uh, if you have a brain, you go for the Browns in this one. But, you know, fly Eagles, fly and all that. Definitely support my team. But uh, it was a very disappointing loss to the uh, Giants last week. And I think at this rate, we just have to lo- like lose less games than the rest of the teams in the NFC East. So... Eagles to win, but wishful thinking. Okay, I'm also going to go for the Browns to win this week. Uh, simple reason why I'm doing this, it's Miles Garrett versus Carson Wentz. Because only going to be one winner. And unfortunately, there's going to be a few more turnovers in Carson Wentz's future, I think. Um, also, like you said, Nick Chubb looked great last week, even though he infuriated a lot of fantasy owners, like myself. With that run in the last few, in the last minute, going out of bounds. Actually, as well, uh, you mentioned Miles Garrett there. He is going to have an absolute field day because Aero Line pretty much consists of uh, the same fans that the Jags have a quarterback. Pretty much, we've, we've got the guys <laughs> who are running the hot dog stand in um, in Lincoln Financial Field Aero Line right now. Like it's it's ridiculous. So Miles Garrett should have a field day with Carson Wentz. Well, I guess if you can't have fans in the stadium, you might as well get those guys to do something. Yeah, so, if, I mean, you have your season, season ticket owner, you get to play all on. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think I'd like a season ticket for this week anyway. No, God, no. <laughs> but we'll move on to the New England Patriots. Obviously, coming off that win on Sunday Night Football, traveling to Houston to take on the Texans. Uh, Fionn, I'm going to let you go first on this one. It's my upset of the week. I'm going to take the Texans to beat the Patriots. Only two and seven. Patriots four and five this season so far. Uh, But I just feel like Cam Newton struggles keeping it consistent. He didn't play well last week, even though the weather conditions were terrible. They've put that gadget play on film now. The Texans still have a decent defensive line. Uh, They should be able to corral Cam Newton as much as possible, and I'm going to take the Texans as my upset this week. Oh, I'm going to go against you there, and I'm going to say the Pats to win. Just uh, they're coming off uh, that win last week, and they just—I think they look stronger as a team. The Texans, obviously, uh, just not losing it completely, but they've been definitely looking a lot weaker than last year. And uh, I think the Pats are going to go for a very strong run game, like they did last week, to win it. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to go with the Patriots this week. Uh, I think that I I don't I don't trust the Texans to stop the Patriots' uh, rushing offense. They they couldn't do anything to stop the Browns last week, uh, so I don't think they'll be able to do it with the Patriots. Uh, especially they they're going to be quite similar with running either Rex Burkhead, you know, James White. Uh, Damian Harris or Cam Newton like you've, you've got so many options there to do it and hell look a few more rushing touchdowns for Cam will, won't hurt either so I'm going to go with the Patriots to leave uh, Houston with the W the Atlanta Falcons are travelling to uh, the New Orleans Saints for a divisional matchup uh, this week obviously the Saints went out through Breeze but I'm still going to pick the Saints to win this game. Uh, I think we might see a mixture of Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston uh, both in uh, for that game on Sunday. Uh, Alvin Kamara is fit and healthy. That should be enough to beat what is a very poor Falcons team. Uh, the Saints defense as well has gotten really good over the last few weeks. They've 
started to click um, and started to be like that mean Saints defense that we thought they always were. Uh, and I think that's that'll be enough for them to win this game. Uh, Daryl, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Saints here. As you said, the Falcons looking very, very weak from the get-go at the start of the season. And uh, I think this is going to be a very telltale game for the Saints where they're going forward without Drew Brees um, for the short future anyway. But uh, just regardless of where they are on offense, I think they're going to use Alvin Kamara a lot, a very strong run game. And I think it should be easy for them to beat the Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to make it a sweep again. Going to go for the Saints. Look, uh, look for Winston to have a big game, I think, and definitely take more reps at quarterback than Hill. Uh, I think he'll play pretty well. I actually am going to go opposite to there. I think most of Kamara's damage is going to be done in the air this week. Right, okay. Um, so we'll move on to the Cincinnati Bengals are traveling to Washington to take on the football team. Uh, Fionn, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Alex Smith looked pretty good last week. He drove them down the field well. The only thing he did wrong was leave 16 seconds on the play clock. You can't really complain there. Uh, and I think it's our strength coming up against what is a resurgent Bengals team at the moment, coming up against their weakness in their offensive line. Still not brilliant at protecting Joe Burrow. We've got some really nice speed. They do struggle against good offensive lines, uh, but luckily the Bengals are not one. And I think we've enough speed to really chase down Burrow and force him into some mistakes. So I'm going to take the Washington football team in this game. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Fionn here and go uh, Washington. Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. You've got um, Alex Smith, obviously. He is looking good. Um, the pass offense is looking a bit stronger with him back there. But uh, that Bengals O-line, I just don't think it's going to be able to hold back that front four of Washington. And I don't think Joe Burrow is going to have enough time uh, with the ball. So I'm going to have to take Washington on this one. Okay, I'm actually going to go against you guys. I'm actually going to take the Bengals in this game. Uh, I like, uh, I although as the strength of the Washington defense is their defensive line, I still like uh, Burrow to control this game because he he will not uh, just stay in the pocket. He will have no problem uh, going outside the pocket and going on his feet if he doesn't get the time. Uh, obviously, the the Washington backfield isn't yeah too great, uh, but to be fair, neither is the Bengals either. So um, I would expect uh, actually I expect a high scoring game. The the current mark is forty six and a half, and I'd expect maybe more more than that this week if you want to bet the over. But I'm going to go with the Bengals to win this game. Uh, the Jets are going up against the Chargers in LA. Jets are trash. Herbert is good despite the fact that he got probably one of the worst haircuts of all time there today. So I'm going to actually, I know I said I would never pick the charges again until they won a game and proved me wrong, but I also said I'm never going to pick the Jets to win a game either. So something has to give, so I'm going to pick the charges in this. Uh, Dara, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Chargers here. Uh, I really like um, uh, Herbert. Looks very strong back there, especially for a young kid, even if he looks like Sid from Toy Story with that new haircut. But uh, it's the Jets, so it's a hard game to lose, to be honest. Um, I think they, they have a very strong offense, especially uh, with uh, Herbert back there. So, And as I said, hard game to lose. It's the Jets. You can't really do anything wrong. So I'm going to go with the Chargers here. Yeah, I think the Chargers are going to take the lead in the first quarter, and they won't give it up this time. They'll have the lead for the whole game. I'm going to take the Chargers as well. Perfect. Um, the... 
Miami Dolphins are traveling to Denver to take on the Broncos. Uh, Dara, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Yeah, another very interesting game. You've got two young quarterbacks uh, on both teams. Uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins for this one. Uh, they've been looking very strong this year. Uh, definite improvement over last year. The Broncos just mediocre, lackluster, whatever word you want to use. But yeah, it's, I think I really like too. He's looking strong, so I'm going to take the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm going to jump on the Tua train as well. I think I was dubious at the start, but he's really shown up well in the last couple of games. Uh, like Dara said, the Broncos have been kind of nowhere this year. So I like the hype around Tua, and I'm going to say good, keep it rolling this week. So I'm going to take the Dolphins. Guys, I'm so glad you joined me on the Tua train. It's so great here. We're having so much fun. Next, you'll be hopping over to the uh, Miami Dolphins playoff cart where the party gets even crazier. So we'll wait until next week for that. Sure, there's no rush just yet. I'm also going to pick Miami in this game. Uh, the backup QB, whoever that's going to be for the Broncos against the Dolphins D, who seem to have at least a turnover for a touchdown every game so far this year. Uh, and I think that's going to uh, continue against a very poor sort of Broncos offense, which you thought was going to be a little better this year. It's flattered to deceive. So, yeah, two is getting more and more confident each week. I, I think he'll take another step forward in this game. The Vikings are welcoming the Dallas Cowboys into Minnesota. Uh, I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to pick the Minnesota Vikings, and they are going to be my lock of the week. Uh, the Vikings are getting right. Cowboys can't get anything right. Things are just going wrong. Yes, they'll have uh, Andy Dalton back this week, but look, it's no Dak Prescott, you know, it's, it doesn't mean anything. And with a team like the Cowboys that can't stop a run to save their life, and you're going up against probably the top running back in the league this year, Dalvin Cook, there's only going to be one result, and that's going to be a Vikings win. Fionn, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's particularly difficult to guess this one. Uh, my prediction will definitely be on the Vikings. Uh, and I agree with you. I think it's going to be done on the ground. I'm, I would actually be surprised if Cousins throws the ball more than 20 times this game. I think hand it to Cook, let him have a big game, give him your game check at the end like they have been doing the last three or four weeks. Uh, and everybody's happy. So I'm going to take the Vikings over the Cowboys. Yeah, it's going to be a sweep for this one. I'm taking the Vikings as well. It's it's fairly black and white. You just ha it's fairly plain. You just Dalvin Cook is just going to run rings around that um, Cowboys defense. Uh, you're saying about Dalton coming back. Um, I think the problems are there's way more problems than just the quarterback uh, situation. But the quarterback would help. But and also it's the Cowboys. It's like screw the Cowboys. So Vikings to win. Okay, perfect. The last of the nine o'clock games, or well, nine o'clock airtime games uh, on Sunday, is the Green Bay Packers going up against the Colts, uh, traveling to, to take on the Colts, I should say. Uh, a really, really tough one to call this one, but uh, Fiona, I'll let you go first and call. Yeah, you're right. Really tough to call. I'm going to pick the Colts. I think their defense is strong enough to handle what the Packers can throw at them. Uh, and on the Packers' side, their defense has struggled a little bit. And I think the Colts have enough weapons to give them trouble. I predict that this game is going to be close, uh, un probably under three points. Uh, I'm going to go for it, and I'm going to take the Colts to have that victory by the end. 
I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to say the Packers to win. Uh, I do agree with you. I do think it's going to be a very close game, uh, fairly evenly matched, but I think the Packers can open it up with that strong pass game. Um, I haven't seen anything special from the Colts secondary, so I think the Packers can really find a way to win with their with Aaron Rodgers airing it out, so I'm going to take the Packers to win. Yeah, I'm actually going to agree with Fionn, and I'm going to go with the Colts to win this game. I like the Colts' defense more. Um, I don't trust Philip Rivers, but I do trust his defense more than I trust the Packers. Um, so that for that reason, I'm going with a Colts win in this game. Sunday night football this week is the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to that new, uh, lovely new, elegant stadium in Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Dara, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Who do you think is going to win? I'm going to go for a bold one here. This is going to be my surprise. I'm going to have the Raiders to win. They found a way to beat Kansas City in their own home. So I think they have fairly good chances to beat them in the Raiders' home. I like them. They look like a way more confident and strong team than they do last year. Uh, yeah, I think I think they can beat them. I think they can find that way, to find that special uh, special method to beat the Chiefs again. Just uh, upset Mahomes a bit and uh, take the win. Yeah, as Dara said, the Chiefs' uh, only loss of the year did come to the Raiders. Jacobs has been playing even better than he was during that game, so that might be a struggle for the Chiefs. But it's very difficult to bet against the Chiefs until they lose again. So I'm going to take the Chiefs, and I probably will until the end of the season fancy them in every game that they're going to play. Their weapons on offense are just that good. Okay, I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this game myself. Uh, I think that uh, they are going, they're coming off the bye, first of all, and they are also, they're going to be determined to avenge that Week 5 loss, especially against a divisional opponent. A, a thing of note as well, uh, that news that just came out today, and, and, and Dara, I think this is going to hurt your surprise call of the week, is that the Raiders have placed pretty much almost everyone on their defense on the COVID list today. Oh, brilliant. Uh, because they are close contacts to someone who has tested positive. So here's some of the names that are on it. Um, so you've got uh, Jonathan Abram, uh, Malik Collins, Jonathan Haskins, Isaiah Johnson, Kendall Vickers, uh, Cleland Farrell, Trent Brown, LaMarcus Joyner, and Corey Littleton are all on their COVID list. Is there a rewind button? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's locked in. No, don't that worry. That, that win look, is going to be that's going to be even sweeter when the Raiders do pull out the win. Yeah, but look, the, this the thing is they are they are down as close contacts. They ain't down as having uh, the virus. So as long as they have, I think it's uh, three negative tests in the space of four days or five days or something like that, they can be taken off and you obviously have that time before Sunday for them to do that. Um, the Monday Night Football is the last game of the week. It's the LA Rams traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. It's the last pick of the week and you know what, Dara, I'm going to let you start us off on this one. I'm going to go with the Bucs here. Uh, very strong game against the uh, Panthers last week. Uh, all that talent on the roster finally showing. Uh, the Rams not doing anything special this season. Um, they, haven't, they haven't shown me any reasons why they or how they should, could beat the Bucs. So uh, I'm going to go with the Bucs in this one. Yeah, Bucs are hot at the moment. Tom Brady's playing well. They've got a whole heap of weapons. So I'm going to take the Buccaneers over the Rams in this game. Yeah, clean sweep, gone for the books in this one as well. I, 
I still didn't learn anything about the Rams after Sunday's game. Um, they are still a very weird side to sort of figure out what's going on with them exactly. Uh, I think that, like most, obviously, look, we talked about last week, most of their wins have come up against the NFC East, against the poor Seahawks side, and then I can't remember what the other game was against, or the Cowboys, who obviously everyone's beating the Cowboys this year as well. So it, it's going to be a battle of two good defenses. The big question is, can the Bucks O-line protect Brady from Aaron Donald? And can uh, the Bucks defense stop the Rams' run game? And I think they can. And I think um, the plethora of weapons that we talked about in their review of the Bucks-Panthers game will be enough for the Bucks to win this game um, and continue at the top of the NFC. So that is all our picks for this week. Uh, let us know if you agree with our picks or let us know who your picks are for this week uh, in our uh, in our, any of our social pages. It is, of course, facebook.com forward slash ASI podcast. You can tell us on Twitter at ASI underscore pod, or you can tell us on Instagram at ASI podcast. Uh, just one little bit of housekeeping before we let you go. Um, if you haven't heard, we have joined up and have become part of the Dynamo Podcast Network. So uh, from the 1st of December, make sure you're subscribed to the Dynamo Podcast Network because that is where we're going to be uploading all of our shows from now on. It won't be from the ASI podcast page anymore but we're going to move across now up until December 1st we're still going to upload on both pages so you still get the opportunity if you are subscribed to the ASI podcast but just make sure before December 1st you subscribe to the Dynamo podcast network just search that on all your all good podcasting platforms you'll find it there and that's where you're going to see our podcasts from now on our original ASI podcast will be there there'll be other shows comic football wrestling, everything, movies, all sorts of podcasts will be available for there, from there. So if you uh, want to listen to some other stuff as well as us talking football, you'll have the opportunity to as well. So don't forget, Dynamo's Podcast Network to subscribe there for our podcast going forward in December. But that's all the time we have for this week. We will be back next week to review all the games, uh, all the best games, I should say, from week 11. I look forward to week 12. So until then, stay safe.